All right. Hey, guys. How's everyone doing? Good. Did you guys enjoy that unfair game? No. It was so unfair. Well, I'm about to make it even more unfair. Team B actually won, so, okay? Yeah. Uh, Appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Hey, guys, I want to let you know you probably have met them already, but we have two new guests here tonight. We have uh, Michael Landis and Marina Landis here with us tonight, so we're glad that you guys are... Huh? <gasps> More new people. Yeah. Let's welcome them. <clears throat> Landis, yeah. Any? I don't know if there's any relation, but uh, welcome. We're glad that you guys are here with us this evening. Well, Billy. No, no, he—he's not a—he's not a new guest. He's a special guest. We said that earlier. Remember, special guest that came to speak and everything. So it's all good. Billy, we are glad that you're here with us tonight as well. Thank you for uh, sharing a little bit about uh, the University of Valley Forge. As Billy said, there's a table right out there after small groups. I'd encourage you guys have questions about college or anything like that. Go talk to Billy, and as he said, he may have a free T-shirt for you. Yes, Ryan Roman. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 It is. Oh, you ruined my. You ruined everything I was going to talk. No, it's okay. But let me share a story with you. Let me share a story here with you, real quickly, and and we'll get into what we're going to talk about today here in First Peter chapter three. Uh, there's a story of a of a drunk husband. Uh, ooh, snap! Right. Um, and he spent the night at the bar with his friends, and the whole time there, he was boasting to his group of friends that if he were to take them home at midnight and ask his Christian wife to get up and cook supper for them, she would do it without complaint. His crowd of friends considered it a vain boast and dared him to try it. So the drunkard, drunken crowd followed him home, and he made the unreasonable demands of his wife. And she obeyed, dressed, came down, and prepared a very nice supper, and served it as cheerfully as she had been as if she had been expecting them. After supper, one of the men asked her how she could be so kind when they had been so unreasonable and when she did not approve of their conduct. Her reply was, Sir, when my husband and I were married, we were both sinners. It has pleased God to call me out of that dangerous condition. My husband continues in it. I tremble for his future state. Were, were he to die as he is, he would be miserable forever. I think it is my duty to render his present existence as comfortable as possible. No longer after this, her husband gave his life to the Lord. Start with this story this evening because it gives us a good picture of what we're about to discuss tonight as we start chapter 3 of 1 Peter. And as Ryan alluded to, we are talking about marriage. Now... (laughs) Now, I know that most of you right now may not even be considering dating, because you think, no, what's that? But, sure, that, you may consider that, yeah, what she just said about dating. Uh, maybe some of you are actually considering dating, or maybe actually some of you right now are dating, or even those who are in our senior class, maybe you're dating, and uh, after graduating high school, you're in the process of thinking of whether or not um, the person you're dating is about to be the person you're about to marry. Wherever you are in this process, look up here for a sec, wherever you are in this process, the verses that we are about to read are going to be beneficial to you. 
These verses are going to be beneficial to you because here's the thing. These few scriptures that we're going to read here tonight give you an idea of what it means to be a godly man and a godly woman when you end up getting married. And I say this to say, I say this that I wish when I was your age I knew this information. I wish I knew this this information when I was around your age because it may, would have made things a little bit easier through the process. But I didn't get that information at your age. But it's by God's grace that I that we can go through this together, so that you necessarily don't have to go through the same heartaches and trials that maybe myself or any of some of our other leaders have gone through um, during the dating, courting, and uh, eventually getting married. Same thing. Yes, you're right. They are the same thing. So anyway, with that, join me in chapter 3 of 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 3. And we're going to look at the first seven verses tonight, all right? Chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. The verses will be on the screen. If you want a Bible to follow along, we have some extra ones up here if you want one. Would you like one? First Peter, chapter 3, looking at the first seven verses. Don't look all upset, guys, just because we're talking about marriage. Some of you guys are like, oh, man, are we really? All right, let's go. First Peter, chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. In the same way, wives... Submit yourselves to your own husbands, so that even if some disobey the word, they may be won over without a word by the way their wives live, when they observe your your pure, reverent lives. Don't let your beauty consist of outward things like elaborate hairstyles and wearing gold jewelry or fine clothes, but rather what is inside the heart, the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight." For in the past, the holy woman who put their hope in God also adorned themselves in this way, submitting to their own husbands. Just as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. You have become her children when you do what is good, and do not fear any intimidation. Husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way, as with a weaker partner, showing them honor as co-heirs of the grace of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this evening, Lord. Father, thank you for everyone that is gathered here with us this evening, and I thank you that we still have the freedom by your grace to to gather here uh, this evening. Jesus, as we just go through uh, just reading these first seven verses aloud, uh, a lot of what we just read is actually countercultural to what the world is trying to feed us. Father, maybe maybe there are some here t- tonight who who read these and they say, "Oh, this doesn't apply to me right now." But these are words that can uh, be beneficial in the future, Lord God. So, Father, I pray as we as we go through these scriptures, Holy Spirit, I pray that you just give me the courage and the strength to speak truth. In love tonight, Lord God. And I pray that all of us can walk away here uh, with 
um, with eagerness still to, to, to know your word, but also to, to live a life that is pleasing to you, Lord God. I pray for all the students and all of us in here tonight to have ears to hear and hearts that are open to receiving your word. And I pray this all in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. All right, so let's let's divide this into two categories, and the first one we'll just call it wives. First category is called wives, and maybe you're thinking, well, why are there six verses on wives and only one verse on guys? Well, one of the things you need to know in this culture is that more women were coming to Christ than men were at this time. And so, so Peter is taking a little more emphasis on helping the women uh, during this point. But don't worry, just because there's six verses on the, the women, that doesn't mean we're not going to hammer out in those last verse about uh, the men and what it means to be a godly man. So let's look at verses 1 through 2. In the same way, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands, so that even if some disobey the word, they may be won over without a word by the way their wives live when they observe your pure, reverent lives. Notice how Peter starts off the sentence, in the same way. Who do you think, or what, is Peter referencing to when he says, in the same way? Toby. Right. So as Jesus submitted himself to serve others, as he submitted to the Father to go to the cross, as we read last week in the final verses of uh, chapter 2, verses 21 through 25, we see that Peter is telling the wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands, uh, just like Jesus submitted to the Father. Does anyone remember what submission means? Sonia. Yeah, absolutely. Can trust trusting them. So wives here are called to submit to their husband's leadership as the church submits to the leadership of Jesus Christ. Look at Ephesians. Turn with me to Ephesians 5, verses 22 to 24. Ephesians 5, starting at verse 22. You guys there? It's not going to be on the screen. Sorry, guys. This is why I need a Bible. Ephesians 5, starting at verse 22. Wives, submit to your husbands as the Lord, as to the Lord, because the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of the body. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives are to submit to their husbands in everything. See, one of the things that, that's emphasized by Peter and Paul is that they're that saying, just as Christ leads the church, as he, as we are to submit to Christ's leadership, so is the wife called to submit to her husband's leadership. And let me let me ask you guys a question. How many of you? Maybe this can this can help out a little bit more. How many of you have ever watched Cat Dog? Maybe 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 you guys have no idea what I'm talking about. Wait, wait, raise your hand. Who's watched Cat Dog? Anyone know what Cat, who, what Cat Dog? One. How many, okay, how many of you are like, I have no idea what you're talking about? Man, I'm really old. I gotta think of something. <laughs> Alright. So Cat Dog is about this show on Nickelodeon. Um, 
where a cat and a dog are actually combined and, and they, they live together as one being. And what, what in some of the shows, a lot of things that happen are that the cat and the dog don't agree on everything. Like one one wants to go their one, one way and the other one wants to go the other way. And so the cat goes here and then the dog goes here and it's a big mess everywhere. And then it finally takes humility of someone to either the dog submitting to the cat, like, okay, we got to listen to what your leadership says or the cat submitting to the dog's leadership. And at the end, they usually figure it out. All right. My, my point being is, is when a husband and a wife are both trying to, to lead and not submit it, and if a wife's not li- willing to submit to the husband, it, it can create chaos. And it can damage some things in the household. Dante, you had your hand up? Did you have something you wanted to say? Uh, it can wait. It can wait. Okay, sounds good. And so what, what Paul is talking to, uh, not Paul, we're, Paul and Peter are saying, wives, you are to submit to the leadership of your husband. And the question sometimes can come up is, well, what if my husband isn't leading well? What if my husband isn't leading well, or, or maybe I'm a Christ follower and, and he isn't, which happens. Remember on the retreat, what, it, what, what was one of the things we talked about on the retreat, that, for those that were there? Travis. Yeah, we talked a little bit about this topic, about how, you know if someone are, is in a relationship or married to someone who's a believer or a non-believer, how, how, how would that work out? And Peter is saying here is that you're going to win him or her by your example. See, what, what you do is going to speak loudly than what uh, the words that you're going to say. Because sometimes what can happen, may, as Peter is saying, that two people get married and maybe they don't become Christ followers. They're not Christ followers at first. And then along the way, the wife, as we saw during this time, she becomes a Christ follower. And sometimes it's very easy to just want to, like, uh, on both sides of the aisle, uh, to... if. To just like, hey, I'm a Christ follower. You need to become a Christ follower. You need to become, instead of just letting your life, let the Holy Spirit change your life, leading according to that uh, direction. So Peter is saying, listen, live in reverent fear to the Lord God Almighty. Chase after Him. Live according to how He tells you to live. And in a, in a, uh, as saying, submit to Christ. Um, here and watch the difference that you can make towards your husband. Now we see here in verse 3 and 4, Peter talks about the beauty of a woman. He says, Don't let your beauty consist of outward things like elaborate hairstyles and wearing gold jewelry or fine clothes, but rather what is inside the heart, the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. As I was putting this together, and, and um, we, we see in the culture how it focuses on um, outside beauty, specifically for women, came across this story that, that actually paints it very well. It says, a science teacher was grading a test that she had given to her elementary school class and was reading some of the results. The subject was the human body, and the first question was, name one of the major functions of the skin. One child wrote, to keep people who look at you from throwing up. <laughs> while, while that is a little funny because it's a, it's a kid in elementary school, 
Okay, we're not. Here's my point. I'm trying to make. True beauty doesn't come from the outside. See, true true beauty doesn't come from the outside. And one of the things that uh, Peter mentions here is don't let elaborate hairstyles and wearing gold jewelries or fine clothing be your identity. Now, how many of you who were at the retreat, what did we say about living in the world versus of the world? Does this mean that we can't enjoy those things? Right. It doesn't mean that we can't enjoy these things. However, these things shouldn't be our identity. Right? The, 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 the way we look, the, the type of way we put our hair up. I'm speaking mostly to the girls. Guys, maybe, maybe you struggle with this with your hair too. Uh, Toby's laughing up here. Toby, do you have something to... <laughs> Just kidding. But, P- but Peter is making, making it clear. Like it, How you look on the outside doesn't give you the identity. Isaiah 3, verses 18 to 24 says the following. On the day the Lord will strip their, their finery, ankle bracelets, headbands, crescents, pendants, bracelets, veils, headdresses, ankle jewelry, sashes, perfume bottles, amulets, signet rings, nose rings, festive robes, capes, clothes, purses, garments, linen clothes, turbans, and shawls. Instead of perfume, there will be stench. Instead of a belt, a robe. Instead of beautiful styled hair, baldness. Instead of fine clothes, sackcloth. Instead of beauty, branding. And so, so ultimately what Peter's saying, what Isaiah is saying here as well, listen, you can put your identity in those things, but I just want to let you know, all those things are going to burn up. There's going to come a day where all those things are going to burn up, and, and as we've read in First Peter early on, everything withers like the grass, but the Word of God remains... Alright, alright, you guys are paying attention. Forever. And, and let, me, let me talk to the girls here. I, I'm going to assume... Let me not assume. I'm sure maybe there are some guys who struggle with this, but maybe girls, you struggle with this a lot, with what the outside looks like. You know, I was doing some research on some of the top magazines out there. Maybe, maybe, maybe in here some of you girls have read some of these, but here are some of the top fashion magazines. And oh, by the way, all these fashion magazines are are geared towards girls, okay? don't say, like, if you know, whatever. I'm just going to read. So here are some of them. Uh, Vogue? Vogue? Am I saying that one? Vogue? Okay. Clearly, I've never read these. So, okay. All right. Here are some of the top fashion magazines. Vogue. Vanity Fair. Um, Harper's Bazaar. Okay, moving on. Um, Mary Claire? Cosmopolitan. Grazia. Ellie? <laughs> it's the name of a magazine, I don't know. Um, Glamour? In Style. In Style. Okay, and then finally, Allure. Allure? Allure, A-L-L-U-R-E. Allure, okay, whatever. Any case, here, here's my point. Listen, alright, don't make fun of me, don't put this on meme mysteries about me going through magazines, alright? Um, 
Here's my point about this. Listen, there's so, of those top fashion magazines, all of them are geared towards girls. Young women, and telling them, this is what true beauty looks like. Just look at the photo, and maybe some of you guys have read these magazines. I haven't read them, but I'm sure they put them on the front cover of girls on there and say, this is what true beauty looks like. This is what's in style. This is what makes you beautiful. I'm not naive to think that maybe some of you girls who struggle with that. You're in here today and you, you look at what the culture says, what beauty looks like, and, and you try to chase that. You put your identity in that. You stress about that. And Paul, Paul is making it clear. It's, that's not what identifies you. That, that, that's not what identifies you. Yes, can, can you go through and can you buy bracelets? Can you put your hair up in a certain way? Sure, yes. But those things don't identify your beauty. What Paul, what Peter is saying back in the verse, go back here, it says, the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. And so ultimately it goes back to what's coming out of your heart. Yes, Dante. Might I add that also the people on the front cover are almost always yeah, absolutely. Very good. Yeah, and so you're you're chasing after something that doesn't even really exist. You guys with me so far? This, this, I'll be honest. This is this one's a little tough for me to teach on tonight as well. And so we, we see that you say, okay, submit to. Uh, your husband, uh, it's not about the outside that makes you beautiful, but what's on the inside. And I'd encourage you, if you want to write this down, leaders, read Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16. Wait, read Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16. It talks about how God knitted you from your mother's womb, and that's beauty. Knowing... Listen, you, you want to put, when you put your identity in Christ, when you go through His Word, you, you, that's where you recognize your true identity comes from. It, your, your identity isn't about the, the latest fashion or the latest clothes or anything like that, but your identity is found, and true beauty is found in Christ and Christ alone. And then we see here in verses 5 through 6 that Peter gives an example to follow. Look at verses 5 through 6. For in the past, the holy woman who put their hope in God also adorned themselves in this way, submitting to their own husbands, just as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. You have become her children when you do what is good and do not fear any intimidation. One of the things in the, I think it's the NLT version, I like this a little bit better because you can look at that and say, oh, does that mean I have to go around and calling my husband Lord? Every time you may be thinking like, "Oh Lord, oh you're my Lord, you're my Lord." No, no. What the the Greek behind it, and I liked what the NLT says uh, in the version. It says that you accept your husband's authority. That that you accept your husband's authority. But what what's one thing? Think back to what we talked about a couple. I think it was last week about submission. What is one thing that we learned about submission, though? Because I, I don't want this. Um, I just don't want a bad thought coming through your mind. What, what did we say about submission to the government and, and to our teachers and that, that we are to submit to their authority, even if it's foolishness, unless... Travis, because I already called on Sonia. 
Right. So that gets away of being disobedient to God. So, so that, this means here, like, listen, this, so does this mean if, if someone's beating on me or abusing me verbally or anything like that, does that mean I'm supposed to submit to that? No. I would encourage you, if you live in a household where that's happening, to, to seek help and, and ask, you know, talk to one of our leaders if that's something you deal, like you struggle with at home or maybe you have a parent who struggles with that at home. But we see here, Peter, again, talking about the example to follow. And he goes back to Sarah. Way in the beginning, back in Genesis. He goes, he goes back to Sarah and says that Sarah obeyed Abraham. Meaning, he, does anyone know the story of Abraham, by the way? You guys know a little bit about the story of... Yes, but I don't know that song, but okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, ooh. <laughs> Yes, yes, you just need to like really school me in all these uh, Christian songs and things like that. Anyways, we see here that Sarah was obedient with Abraham way from the beginning when God called him out of his homeland. When God said, Abraham, I'm calling you and you're going out of the land that you're currently in, Sarah followed. All right? And there's other things throughout the story that you'll see where Sarah submitted to Abraham. And so Peter is saying, you have an example way in the beginning of what that looks like. Now let's go to verse 7. We'll, we'll just call this this area husbands. Alright, husbands. Husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way, as with a weaker partner, showing them honor as co-heirs of the grace of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered. All right, one thing that stands out here, husbands, or one-day husbands, all right? Guys, I'm talking to you now, all right? One day, most, if not all of you guys are going to be husbands in here. Who knows? You may be married to the per- to a girl in here in, in several years. Oh, oh. fire. Anyway. Huh? <laughs> Husband, or future Joe. I said in the future. All right. Future husbands, men, look up here for a sec. Future. Yes, future. Hopefully one day, husbands. Look up here for a sec. One of the best ways that you can love your wife, and the other men may attest to this, is understanding who she is. One of the best ways that I can love my wife is understanding who she is. Let me give you another story. A husband and I, a husband and wife are at a party chatting with some friends when the subject of marriage counseling came up. Oh, we'll we'll never need that, the husband said. My wife and I have a great relationship, he explained. She was a communications major in college, and I majored in theater arts, he continued. So she communicates well, and I act like I'm listening. Husband, men, men, that is not a way to show love and honor to a future spouse. You you are to understand her. You are to understand how she communicates. You are to understand the emotions that she she goes through. You are to understand um, what she actually likes and doesn't like. Like cheesecake, right, right, or even smaller, whatever it is, you you want to understand 
her ways. It's one of the most loving things that you can do is to understand her ways. Now it says here, as the weaker partner. Okay, like... I'm not... Uh, we... I don't want this to come across that women are are weak in their faith or they're weak in, in certain areas. What what the, this is talking about is that physically when God created male and female females are created tended to be to be a little bit weaker physically than guys. For example, if you were to line up 125 girls here or 125 guys here and say play tug of war with a rope and who's going to win? Nine times out of ten, nine times out of ten, however, the guys are going to win. We're not going to do it right now. And let me give you an example. Let me give you another example that can relate to what happened here just a couple weeks ago. We did a boys versus girls all-out foosball game. Boys versus girls foosball game. Okay, let, let's address that word simp for a second, because you brought that up. No, 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 look up here for a sec. No, I, I'm being serious. Men, look up here for a sec. Young men, look up here for a sec. Please, 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 please stop using that word. Please. Because you know what, what you're saying? The culture is trying to drive it to say, hey, it's not okay to honor and, lo- uh, and, honor and respect a woman. When, when someone is doing something nice or serving or opening, uh, opening a door or whatever t- for a woman and doing something nice to honor him, and you go, oh, what a simp. Ultimately, you're saying, oh, we're going we're gonna to just, just, what's the word, trash you, I guess, for doing something nice. And when you allow that to feed into your mindset as you grow older and older, when you are married someday, you're going to think, oh, well, I don't want to be a simp and do something nice for my wife. I don't want to be a simp and honor my wife. I don't want to be a simp and respect my wife. You are called as a man to honor, respect, and love your wife. And if you're going to do that in the future, you need to start applying that principle now. Sorry if that came off like Papa Kubis, but I'm so sick and tired of hearing that. Because here's the thing, Peter mentions it at the end, showing them honor as co-heirs. Listen, as a leader, men look up here. As a leader, this doesn't mean you get to abuse your authority over your future wife. You tracking with me? There there are men who, who take these scriptures out of context and say, Well, I'm the leader of the household. I'm the leader of the household. And they abuse their power and treat a woman as a doormat. Instead of treating her with grace and honor as a co-partner. We're not to abuse our power and our authority over women. 
We're actually called, let's go to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 to 33. Ephesians chapter 5, verse, starting at verse 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her to make her holy, cleansing her with the washing of water by the word. He did this to present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or anything like that, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands are to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hates his own flesh but provides and cares for it, just as Christ does for the church, since we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This mystery is profound, but I am talking about Christ and the church. To sum up, each one of you is to love his wife as himself, and the wife is to respect her husband. As husbands, we are called, our future husbands, talking you guys, you are called to lead your wife like Christ led the church. And what did Christ do for the church? He laid down his life. He laid down his life for the church. We are called to lay down our lives, honor, respect our wives. Listen, if someone was to break into our household, pray that doesn't happen, but if that were to happen, you really think as a man, you really think as a man, I'm just going to stand by and let whoever's coming in to break in just be like, all right, you can do whatever you want to my wife. What kind of man would I be? I, I, I wouldn't be leading a household See, listen, you guys are the next generation. I'm sorry if this is coming down a little hard, but I am so sick and tired of of the world telling men that they're idiots, that they're not strong, and that they should just sit on a couch, drink beer for the rest of their lives, and let the dog save the house. This is what a lot of media and culture and TV shows are saying, that men are stupid, they don't know how to lead, just drink a bunch of beer, and let the chips fall where they may. Men, you were called, you were designed by God to lead in a godly way. Okay? And I, and I get passionate about this because I grew up in a household where this didn't happen. I, I'm not going to go into all the details. Listen, I love my parents and, 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 you know, I'm thankful for the way that they raised me and what they could do to provide me. But there were some wrong, there were some bad issues that happened between my parents' relationship. My dad did not lead my mom well. As a matter of fact, I, I'll be honest about this. My, my dad committed sexual sin. And because of that, I, I thought that's what a true man looks like. That's what, a, what it means to be a husband in the household. Like, this is how you lead. And then I look in the scripture and say, no, that's not actually how you lead. So I, I want to end with this and we'll, we'll go into... This is probably a short one, but I want you guys to have small group time uh, to go a little bit deeper into some of this stuff. 
I just want to ask this question if you are dating or maybe you're considering dating. Like, why are you dating? Why, why are you dating? Are you dating because he's the football player that everyone wants to date and you want to identify with that? Or, or she's the cheerleader that everyone wants to date and so you want to identify with that? Maybe, maybe as a guy, you, you see the, 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 the girl and you only think of one thing every time you see her. It's not what dating is about. Year, uh, years ago, about a year, year and a half ago, we did a, we did a series on relationships. Maybe some of you guys were still here for that. I'm not, not sure. Um, we said the, the, the goal of dating is to lead to marriage. The goal of dating is to lead to marriage. And so my question for you guys just to ponder on and worshiping you can come up is, what's your goal? What's your goal? And then, and then ask yourself, if, goal, if marriage is the goal, well, am I ready? And listen, you're not going to have everything ready when it, when it comes to marriage, but, but am I willing to, if as a husband, am I willing to lay down my life for the girl I may want to date or marry someday? Am I willing, if you're a girl, to submit to the leadership of the man that I'm currently dating? And, and I, I challenge you to ask yourself this. If you proclaim to be a Christ follower and, and maybe the person that you're dating isn't, let me ask you are, you, are you willing to take up that challenge? Because we talked about at Spring Retreat a couple uh, over the weekend that sometimes while our intentions are good, like, hey, we want to see someone get saved, sometimes they can lead you astray from the life that Christ has called you to live. And so, again, while you, none of, maybe most of you aren't thinking of marriage, maybe some of you are, maybe some of you are in dating relationships, again, the, the, these principles, just in these first seven verses, are going to help you in the future. I really hope and pray during small group times and further along as we go on that you guys really consider what is being said here. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this evening, Lord. Father, forgive me if, I, if I've come down too hard um, and not come off loving uh, this evening, Lord God. Jesus, my, it is my passion to, to see this next generation know the truth. And I first want the guys to know that like, it is not their responsibility just to sit around and be lazy, but to, to, but to lead with strong hands and a soft heart that, that causes them if, to one day as husbands to ultimately submit their lives to you and lead according to your word, to your truth, Jesus. And Father, as we talk to the, to the young girls here this evening, Lord God, I hope that they recognize that their outer beauty and what the culture is trying to, to show them, what beauty truly 
quote is that, that, that that's not what their identity is found in. That their identity isn't found in, in all of the latest trends. That their identity isn't found on uh, what shoes they're wearing or how their hairstyle is. While they can enjoy some of those things here on this earth, I pray that they recognize that their true beauty comes from the heart and comes from you and you alone, Jesus. And Father, I think of the worship song that we're going to just sing your praise to inside out. Father, you transform our lives from the inside out, Lord. Father, I pray during small group time that we can just take the time to, to really dive into this a little bit deeper. Understand, ultimately we want to give glory and honor to you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.